the studio. <laughs> yeah, we can. Hey, 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 we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. It's, uh, but I don't know though. Avery Mason, Phil Hunt here. And how y'all doing in the heat wave? Y'all surviving? Um, we're, we're in the uh, penthouse at the Hunter State right now, and Phil's got the thermometer here. We're at 83. Um, currently inside. Currently inside. Like 95 outside. I mean, it's, yeah. it's hot. It's hot. And we're we going to do this heat wave for a couple of days now. So Phil says if it hits 90 while we're recording, he going to cut, what is it, the fan or the AC? Which one you going to cut on? We went, we're not going to cut on the AC. We don't right. need our listeners to hear all that. So if. You know, the AC is good, but it's loud. If. If you hear a noise in the background, it's us trying not to die. Yeah, we trying to. In, inside That's our level of building. commitment, though, to you listeners. You. We don't want y'all to hear no ambient sound or noise as we're recording. So yes. To respect that. There's nobody here with a boom mic, you know what I mean, to clean that up for right. us. But. As we're building this podcast, this, these are the early days. We're going to get, we're going to be the new Desus and Mero. That's what we're going to be. I mean, R.I.P., man, you to that show. You shouldn't say that. <laughs> Well, well, we're gonna. We're, what did you say about? That's a weird thing to say. I don't, don't want to be no other dudes. Nah, I mean, you know, I'm what good we, being me. We try to be what they were to the culture, but do it bigger and better. So I we're mean, in the early days. Okay, I I don't like to. I'm not a big like. I'm gonna be the new. I'm the new Kobe, like that thing. I'm the new MJ, the next MJ, like that thing. I don't. Right, right. I, I, you want maybe make, you like to do that? I don't. Phil no. wants. Okay, so let me. All right, let me make it comfortable. Phil, I want you to be uncomfortable. He yeah. wants to be the new, the first Phil Hunt. You know what I'm saying? Out there, the first. But I don't know though, Pod. You That's know right. What I mean? Out but, there, uh, you know. Yeah, I guess R.I.P. to that show. I don't. Samara, whatever they off. What Showtime? It was yeah, on Showtime. Ice then jump. What, there it was, was another network. It was Vice. Right yeah, it went from Vice to uh, Showtime. Showtime. And yeah. it was a podcast yeah. and, you know, whatever, RIP. But yeah. I saw some stuff this week that just annoyed the fuck out of me. And maybe we'll jump right into that but because you kind of led us in there. But I did some research. I found, well, okay. Allegedly, the reason why they. I, don't even, I think they're still friends. I just can't do business, but they're saying it's because of their manager. Okay. I don't want to say no names, but their manager allegedly was uh, apparently a toxic presence on set, hmm. and they had made uh, requests to have, not have him at any more of the tapings. So, Desus, which um, is, for those of you who don't know them, he's a light-skinned and Dominican one. He was like, okay, we'll get rid of the manager, we'll keep him off. Mero, a.k.a. the kid Mero, which is a dark one, was like, nah, I'm standing with him. And that's where ah, okay. the separation ah, One guy's like, I agree, don't have him on set. The other guy was like, nah, I'm sticking with him. And it was easy mm-hmm. when it was a podcast uh-huh. and, you know, but then you grow Freedom. and yeah. get to TV and now you got a producer, an executive producer, an engineer, or this person or that person. We had a little trouble when we when we first went in the studio. Remember, we had yeah. a, we a, make, a we third voice and we never had a third voice. Yeah. And the next thing I know, you're like, yo, I'm not getting to talk. Yeah, no, like, uh, yeah, man. There wasn't no money in that either. That's uh, funny. Like, uh, I'm sorry, man. She <laughs> kind of started talking, and we, I don't know. What do you want me to tell we, her to shut up? We spent so, money. We so spent I'm money. saying that to say, mm. you know, you start adding the higher up you go. You yeah, start adding money. people, yeah, true, and it's true. different 
you know, oh, this guy is kind of messing our flow up. Mm. Well, I don't think he's messing our flow up. He got us here. So, you know, I don't know. You don't have to take sides, but it's nah, just it's interesting. That, I, I think they're still friends, though. I think know, they'll still be cool, but it's just like far as the business. Like, yeah, it's let's... unfortunate that, you know, when you move higher up, like they say, new levels, new devils, that yeah. now you got to have a showrunner and a produ- executive producer. Yeah. You've been on a set. You know that it's not just the creative voices. It starts being... Yeah. producers and execs well, and well, advertisers and all that. I feel like that's why I'm trying to enjoy this because right now we have freedom. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we don't report to nobody. Nobody come to you and say, hey, Phil, let me talk to you about the last episode. You said some things about Monique and you're going to give him the same answer. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, so but no, we got freedom right now. Kind of. Interesting, you know, that what I wanted to say was um, just that all week I've been kind of reading about the fallout of them and it wasn't a show that I kept up with Same. in particular. Same. But yeah. what I wanted to say was like I saw um, Jamila Lemieux, who is Who's that? a writer. Okay. We'll call her a writer, a critic, a I'm looking for a word. You know what? A social justice warrior. And SJW is mm. they're often referred to on the Internet. And they're not like people. She was, for those of you listening, Jamila Lemieux was... Part of the whole R. Kelly surviving R. Kelly thing that, to me, it just felt overdone of like, yeah, we all saw the tape of him peeing on the girl. He's guilty. Why do we need 79 episodes and who is fuck is Jamila Lemieux, right? Right. So she's on there. She this week tweeted out about Jesus and Mero that, see, guys, you can be funny without being misogynistic or homophobic. And I got pissed off because I go... She doesn't want humor. She wants compliance mm-hmm. and obedience. That it's like, what's the difference between you and the dominatrix? All you're missing is a whip. Yeah, I love and, it. And, and it ties back to comedy that I'm saying. And I, you know, people refer to them as comedians, which I'm like, ah, Jesus and Meryl, that I'm like, ah, podcasters. Humorous? Humorous podcasters. Yeah, humorous. Comedians being used too loosely as someone who does stand-up comedy for 17 years. Mm. Only 10 in New York, but whatever. We putting in our time, so I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We using comedian loosely, right? right. But like I'm saying with Jamila Lemieux that you go, you know, without being misogynistic or homophobic, the whole point of comedy and of art to me is that it doesn't have boundaries. Right. Meaning somebody there to say, don't say this and don't say that, right? I agree. So then she, Jamila Lemieux, was referring to Jesus and Meryl. That, like I said, you go, did you just pat them on the head for being obedient little boys? Like, uh-huh. yuck. Like, that's beyond gross. But she has this in her bio. She has a, um, she has this pen tweet and it, she wrote an article about Dave Chappelle. You know, I wrote about Dave Chappelle and Black America's version of the big lie for the February issue of Vanity Fair. So for those of you listening, the title of the article is Dave Chappelle and the Black Ass Lie That Keeps Us Down. And I just see her as very anti-humor that it's like, if you don't enjoy comedy without making things off limits, why are you watching it? I agree. I don't think you can tell people there's things they can't talk about. And to uh, me, it to, says a lot. Censorship. Basically. It says a lot about Jesus and Mero's show that someone 
instead of remembering it for the moment, yeah. you just remember, oh, they were obedient. That it's like I could say that about, you know, as much noise as Kyrie Irving makes, he's a great player when he plays. Mm-hmm. But then you could just name another guy and be like, oh, he always showed up on time and followed the rules. And it's like, yeah, yeah but he wasn't great. He wasn't great. He was, you know, Tristan Thompson. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about that because we were talking about, you know, Chappelle this week having this show in Minnesota. Yeah. And it getting canceled, which I was actually in Minnesota a few months ago, you know. So, quick update for those of you who don't keep up with what's going on in the news. Dave Chappelle had a sold-out show at the at a venue in Minnesota, one of the places where Prince uh, played. And um, cancel culture, uh, yeah. I believe cancel culture got that show. Well, they protested they outside, protested the, outside, show, of, the, outside the venue. of the venue until they moved to cancel the show. And the venue and it got, moved just got moved. Theater. To another, to another theater. theater in Minnesota and was sold out. So it's like, what? Yeah, who really loses? Your employees lose a night of pay and yeah. work, and yeah, and it, it doesn't make you any money. And the the venue's response was, we, "We sorry, we failed you guys, our staff, our community." And I'm like, as a theater, your only job is to put shows on. It's not to be, you know, this social, you know. Uh, this 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 monolith of social justice. Well, when, when did you, you just you, not buying a ticket not become enough? That it's like okay, he's having his right. show there. I, I just don't like his humor. I just don't go. Maybe I don't protest Lady Gaga shows. I Max, just don't go. I gotta respond. I gotta answer for you. I know why they were protesting. Those are the people who could not get tickets and they were mad. And said, you know what? If I can't see the show, <laughs> nobody's seen the show here. But it's it's stupid because the show's still on at another venue and now this theater sits there like they're on this high horse and we'll see, we didn't have him here, so 20 years from now, people will be talking about the fact we didn't have Dave Chappelle at our show. People will remember this moment. No one's going to care. No one cares. You're, it, it, I, do what you want to do, but you just lost out on some money. And for it, your, it for your really starts to... It really starts to just earth this... Um, this um, just really old school mentality of you banned a black man from a venue. <laughs> it just feels very like no colors allowed. Yeah. So oh, whites only. <laughs> well, and the reason I say that is because, you know, they're saying here, let me see the statement that's released by the theater. It's it, called it, First it, Avenue. It made oh, me I throw wanna, up. It made I want to read up. this statement here. It made me throw the up. The First y'all. Avenue team. And you have worked hard to make our venues the safest spaces in the country. And we will continue with that mission. We believe in diverse voices and the freedom of artistic expression. (laughs) But in honoring that, we lost sight of the impact this would have. We know there are some who will not agree with this decision. Well... Yeah, on both sides. You and just to said, me, you made one side mean more than the exactly. sold out people who paid to see this man. They are hypocrites because they just said we celebrate diversity and open voices and creative all stuff and then saying, well, except for Dave Chappelle. So, you know. so here's where I wanted to get to it. This is, I guess, what I was working my way to with bringing up Jamila Lemieux and her. Her article I mentioned is important because it's a smear piece. On Dave Chappelle, you Sounds know, her article right. entire Dave Chappelle and the black ass lie that keeps us down. This was written in January 2022. So literally first this year that again, 
she wants obedience. Same from those people who stand outside the venue. I want obedience. You can only talk about this and this and this and that's it. You know what I mean? And at some point it gets to a point where, like I said, it's like you're ruining art. It's like, you know, if, if that if you don't want a comedian that talks about certain subjects, it's like Hannah Gatsby exists. Yeah, go watch her. And like I've been saying about this whole thing that it's like there are, you know, LGBT comedians. Go mm-hmm. watch them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're out there for you to watch. Then just don't listen to Chappelle. But let the people that enjoy it, Chappelle enjoy Chappelle. And here's what I wanted to well, say. It's as easy as changing the channel. That's all I'm saying. You don't, you don't, you're not, no one's forcing you to sit there and buy a ticket. You don't have to buy a ticket. Just leave them alone. You stay, this is what used to happen in the 80s. You didn't like something, you just didn't watch it. People would sit there and complain. They might say, hey, that guy's offensive. I'm not buying a ticket. So here, here's what it is that, you know, this First Avenue team from the theater, they mentioned, we believe in diverse voices, right? Mm. But that's not true. Mm-mm. What we're getting to is a place of diversity, but not diversity of opinions. Or thought. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Thought, opinion, no diversity of thought or opinion. That, and that's what Jamila is asking for. Oh, Jesus and Meryl, see, they were good. There were no misogyny, no homophobia. And it's like, I watch some women's, you know, comedy shows. Miss Andrew, mm-hmm. the opposite of misogyny. But guess what? She's telling her story. I don't get to interrupt that. Yeah. Who the fuck am I to stand up and go, you telling your story is making me feel some way. Well, I don't know, motherfucker. Deal with yourself. <laughs> That's your personal thing. But I don't but go get a sign and protest you see, it. You want to see? This is the problem with everyone having a voice. Like, you know, there was a time when you only had four or five people speaking for a generation or a race. Now the Twitters and the Instagrams have given everyone a voice, and everyone wants their voice heard. And not to this is kind of in the same vein of what happened to me today. On my way here to record this podcast, I'm sitting in traffic. And I'm talking, it's traffic. I'm like, damn, what's going on? Everybody outside. Man, I get to what's causing the traffic. It's not a car accident. It's not construction. It's a bunch of protesters walking on the the 287, the BQE, which is one of the main veins of traffic here in New York City. They're walking up. And they're not protesting police brutality they're not protesting, uh, you know, gentrification. Something urgent. They are protesting climate change on the highway in the middle of the afternoon in Brooklyn. On the hottest day of the year. Causing more climate. Were these like, white people? A, a mix. A mix? mix. It was a mix. It was a lot of white people. I've seen some black people, but I, I know they ass hot out here. I think, you know, the white people that it's like sunscreen, like. You know, they're going to have to have a lot of sunscreen with them. I don't feel like this would be a day that white people would protest. Now, now, black people, we tropical, but even we don't fuck around in the heat. Don't don't, don't get me wrong, bro. I'm not saying climate change is is not wrong. All I'm Mm -hmm. saying is, what are you accomplishing by protesting on the highway? You think someone's going to turn around tomorrow and say, hey, they were on the BQE? Maybe we should... Uh, I guess that's fuel emission and, you know, you're ruining the ozone layer. So, but as you're saying, you're making, uh, to your point, you're making traffic worse. I'm sitting here longer because look, you're in the middle of the highway. And therefore, if you are worried about me ruining the ozone layer, let me get then you're only quicker. accelerating right. me ruining Facts. the ozone layer. And everybody had their windows up and their AC on. 
you know, so it's making it worse. Let me explain it in layman's terms. Give it to him. Break it down. Break it down. Climate change. Break it down. Now your hairline starts receding. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening to the ozone layer. (laughs) (laughs) It's just sliding back and revealing a little bit more of the sun every year. Yeah, ozone pattern baldness. It's happening. So we need to find some sort of wig or hat for the ozone layer or. Some sort of lace front for the it, ozone layer. It started off slow too. It's just a little hole in the back of the earth, and now there's like receding in the front. It's now, little... I know y'all might not like my explanation for climate change. I tried to explain it in layman's terms. It's got to be better than uh, Herschel Walker's. Oh, God. I don't know if you've heard Herschel Walker's explanation of uh, climate change, uh, but man, was it funny. Hold on, we gonna try to find it here. Keep talking for a so second. So what? What? So here we are. We, we we're driving past these people protesting on the highway, and what made it funny is that as hot as people were, New Yorkers were still rolling down their window and yelling and cursing at these protesters. Hey, get the f out the street! Oh, it's climate change. How about I climate change your ass and drive you over? It didn't make sense, but it was just funny that people, as hot as they were, still took time to yell at the protesters. They were, they took up two lanes of traffic. And you know what? With gas being as high as yes. it is right now, and we, and we know it's coming on down, but still, they just beating you into submission that it's like wasting my gas. gas is four sixty, and people like, "Ooh, hallelujah!" And it's like, "Yeah, but that's still high. It's that's just so lower, lower than it was." <laughs> that's what I said. I said, "Oh, it's under five. Great. Uh, it's four eighty six. All right. Well, Ooh, Lord, what savings?" <laughs> So here's uh, Herschel Walker's speech about climate change. And I want y'all to comment on the uh, post of, and let us know who had the better speech on climate change, me or Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker, former NFL football player for the Minnesota who is Vikings. now running, now for, running the Senate for the Senate in Georgia. Yeah. Here we go, folks. Break it down. You ain't got to put it. The pipeline. Get rid of the pipeline. Get rid of our energy. Starts its downfall. Because we need energy for everything. Do y'all know that? And they were talking about the Green New Deal. You know, climate change. I'm going to help y'all with that real quickly. And I'm going to do it in the Wrightsville way. So you can understand what I'm saying. (laughs) We, in America, have some of the cleanest air and cleanest water of anybody in the world. So what we do is we're going to put from the Green New Deal millions or billions of dollars cleaning our good air up. So all of a sudden China and India ain't putting nothing in their cleaning that situation up. So all that bad air is still there. But since we don't control the air, our good air decided to float over to China. Bad air. So when China... <laughs> Yo, how many hits did he take? Bro, how many hits did he take in the NFL? What yeah, he, I saw uh, the comedian Clayton English. Uh, Clayton English, very funny comedian in Atlanta or whatever, but part of the 85 South crew. He said, you know Herschel Walker played when the helmets were soft. <laughs> and you go, yeah, man. Because God damn, you must have him give a speech. Our good air floated over now, to their air. No, floated over to their bad air. Uh, and you go, Herschel. What are you <laughs> Blue forty two. I think that's the language he's speaking. I need to still calling plays up there. Oh my god! I don't know what. Blue forty two. Uh, I'm gonna vote. How good air and floated to they bad air. 
and gonna, then the formation switch. I want to take one part of what he said. We have the cleanest air and the cleanest water. And I want to talk about the fact that you want to talk about clean water. I just came back from Florida. I don't know if Herschel Walker has ever been to Florida and tried their water. But Florida has some of the worst water I've ever smelled and tasted. Let me, let me try to help you out here. Because you ain't going to keep disrespecting the South. I said Florida. I Cut said it out. South. And Florida is where? What direction from New York? Georgia got South. clean water, clean spring. Are you sure? Because Herschel been drinking that Georgia water. Well, that's why he's talking that's like that That's where he now. claimed that. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway. Florida water. What has happened here, I think, Avery, is... Mm. You're used to New York water, which is probably full of all sorts of shit. The we ain't cleanest, even gonna start naming the cleanest it. Y'all got little pieces of chopped cheese floating in y'all water. Hey. It's a little bit of remnant of uh, <laughs> nutcracker floating in y'all water systems. We have, so we have what's choices. happening is I think you're used to somewhat dirty water oh, in God. New York. All right, here you go, here you go, here you go with it. Go and then you it. go down there and they water so clean. You no, like this water no, is bad, and it's no. like it's your taste, your system's fucked up. Well, I, I, you know, what I gotta tell you, I went to brush my teeth and my breath smelled worse after I brushed my teeth with that water. I had like, we went out drinking. I had a Hennessy, right? And I had water. I like to drink water with the Hennessy, the alcohol. And I'm drinking the Hennessy and the water and I can't taste the difference. Now, I don't know if I had too much alcohol, but I knew the, shit, the water should taste Did a lot. Did you get you some bitters this time? <laughs> <laughs> I should have some bitters. No, so call just... back to a story from last week or was it two weeks ago two weeks when you ago. told the story about getting mm-hmm. drunk on the boat and having diarrhea? Mm-hmm. God, remember that stupid song they taught us? Oh, diarrhea. When you're climbing up a ladder and you're feeling something splatter. Diarrhea. <laughs> diarrhea. It's like everyone knows these songs. Herschel Walker, Walker had diarrhea of the mouth in conjunction with I hope he wins only because I want to hear more speeches. Like, I want to <laughs> see him on the Senate floor and he just, like, draws up an old running back play of, like, this is how we gonna stop immigration. See, this is what we used to do on defense. We need to run a prevent. You yeah. ever somebody be trying to scold and you just go back into the end zone, prevent, and that's how we stop immigration. Prevent thirty four. He's gonna call an audible in the middle of his speech. You know, <laughs> I, hold on a second. I'm gonna go in a different direction now. Let's uh, uh, right, let me talk to the quarterback. I mean, the president. Mm. So yeah, I, I hope he wins. But but you so know what? So. Let's not shit on Herschel too much because we were just saying they're gonna say we we criticize some black men. Diversity of opinions that we we are at this point where yes, Jesus and Meryl was great to see. It was diversity, but then when you look at who's on there, you know Bernie Sanders is on the show, AOC is on the show. That you go, hmm, you're not really having the other side on. No, it's just one side. There's just one side. There's no diversity of opinion being no. shown here. Yeah, it's just you're yelling into the void and, and bring Herschel Walker on and let him now see R L. Oh my God! <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever meet anybody that's worse at speaking than Charles Barkley. It, it shit should come with oh, it should, should come with subtitles as he's talking, just live subtitles. That's the that's the verses I want to see. I want to see Charles <laughs> Barkley versus Herschel Walker. Walker. And, and they don't talk sports at all. No, they just, just let them talk politics. Hey, Herschel, how you doing, Herschel? Oh, I'm good, brother. I be dancing Yeah, bring Shaq in, especially get Shaq. Oh man, that would be too funny. Just watching Herschel Walker versus 
Charles Barkley. Like, I love him when he talks about basketball, Barkley. Basketball? Basketball? He's fucking hilarious. I remember one time he said, <laughs> they showed a guy, I think, had seven rebounds at halftime. And he goes, don't, don't be congratulating him because he got seven rebounds. Mamet O'Core is seven foot two. He goes, hell, when you're that big, nine of them out of falling hands. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I was six eight, <laughs> and I averaged 14. And he goes, damn, he ain't lying. <laughs> no, he got points. <laughs> when you're that big, <laughs> seven of them out of falling hands. <laughs> you go, you know that, what? That Charles, Charles Barkley's got a point. He got a point. That Charles Barkley. And he's also smart because he also doesn't have any social media. And that's the thing. I think, like, Barkley knows he's funny. Yeah. That it's like Herschel Walker. Like, do you have any self awareness? No, he th- he's ser- He's being he's serious. Dead serious. Dead serious. He's not joking around. That is like, dog. This is funny. That's why he don't know the difference between CRT. I think he barely graduated. You know that. You know a lot of athletes. I don't like the up. dumb athlete stereotype, but a lot of athletes left school early. He doesn't know the so difference like, between CRT and CT. And with the, he, com- he definitely confused the two when he was giving that speech about it. I honestly don't think critical race theory is thing. I think it's just some hot word, word topic, but people have been talking yeah, about it. Like, make up shit to argue about. We've been discussing the same issues it just, since 1990 when I was a kid of like listening to the news. Abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, police brutality. Rodney King. Yeah. So you go, are things changing? <laughs> And then I, I I don't think anything changes because we have these new things like climate change that it's like, okay, man, it's getting hotter. Yeah. But what the, am I supposed to do about it? Yeah. I, what, is, what is walking on the BQE on one of the hottest days that we are doing for anybody but pissing off drivers? I don't drivers? know. Motherfucker, more popsicles? The, wor- the worst part is, <laughs> bro, when they were protesting, they, they had drums and shit. And like, oh, yeah. just like, what? boom, 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 boom. That's, a, what, what? That's the thing. I feel like we can't get nothing. These same two issues we've been discussing, abortion, and we've been discussing, um, what did I just say, police brutality, police brutality. since the 1990s, Rodney King. Even before that. All the way up to, you know, this kid now that was in Ohio. What was his name? Ah, the name is slipping my mind, but the kid that was in Ohio that they shot 60 times and then handcuffed. And you go, why did you handcuff him? Hey. You shot him 60 times. They thought, nah, in fairness, they thought he was a zombie, Phil. They weren't sure. Who was <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> but no, <laughs> you know, and this is leading to the next thing. That, have you seen anything this week about Sesame Place? Being yeah. Racist oh, my God. Like, I, I, that's, I'm not even taking that on, bro. Cause well, like, this is what I'm saying. So, I think we're too easily distracted. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me just, for those of you living under, I always like to break it down because I always yeah, say there's yeah, somebody who, missed it. who don't follow this nonsense. Um, and in my opinion, it's nonsense. But Someone who's unplugged. There was there was a family who went to Sesame Place here in, uh, in the United States. It's, it's Sesame Street is a very nice, successful show on PBS, Channel 13, Big Bird. Honestly, if you don't know who Sesame Street is, yeah, um, then we don't want you listening at all. So they bring the family there. There's, they have this parade every afternoon where all the characters come watching. They say hi to the kids. One character, Maria and Ro- Rosita. Rosita, excuse me, uh, Spanish, and she gave a dap. She gave a dap to one of the party goers, and I'm watching a video. Not party goers. One of the people. One there. of the children waiting for the right, parade of characters Thank to you. come. She slapped a five to one kid, and I mean, there's a million kids, so you could probably only 
slap a five to ten of them. Right. And then she moved past two little black girls. She also shook her head no. As she shook her head no. Because and... it, right. And I'll fill that in. But yeah. and then the lady says she couldn't stand it. And the black the mother of the two little girls uploaded this video. And of course, everybody got outraged and were like, they're being racist, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, listen. It's taken out, I believe it's taken out of context. You can't take a five second clip and say they're being racist because, first of all, it's a fictional character. So then people started uploading more clips. And it's like, yeah, but I'm sure they skipped some white kids too. But, you can't shake a million kids' hands. Yeah. So that, to me, is a chance for you to become a parent and pull your kids aside and say, hey, Rosita is actually a person. It's hot under there. It's 95 degrees out here. And he got to wear a hot-ass suit. This is summer job. You know, he's 19 years old trying to pay his way through college. So, mm -hmm. yes, he skips you. It happens. Next time we go, we'll try to get a handshake from him. But you got to see him. Because yeah. my dad would have been like, I brought you motherfuckers down to this park. I done took my day off and drove y'all up here. And y'all mad? You got to see the motherfuckers. Yeah, that's true. Life ain't fair. I don't think this is worth a lawsuit. And people are up in arms. And I'm like, I don't I don't have the time for this. I don't. Oh, it's ridiculous. And that's I, what I'm saying. Disappointment is part of life growing up as a kid. Parents promising things for you. Wait till Christmas. I'm going to get you the new Nintendo and, and you open up this pair of socks. That's the angle that I see is just them. Like I said, with my father would have definitely been like, I brought you down here and now you're mad. Yeah. Uh, like, everyone here had a good time. What are you upset about? Oh, I didn't get to. Yeah, well, sometimes, you know, I'm out and I see Jay-Z and he doesn't shake my hand. Like, this is the chance to install some character yeah. within your children and remind them. And like I said, you may even have to um, break that barrier of Rosita's a real person under there. It's yeah. 95 degrees. He got on a hot-ass Muppet outfit. You know, he's trying to pay his way through college. Mm -hmm. And sorry he didn't see you. And that's what some people that played the characters yeah. reached out and said of, hey, it's blurry under there. Your vision's bad. You yeah. can barely see because there was one lady that uploaded a clip of like, I think it was... Oh, Bert kind of smacked the kid. But what actually happened, if you watch it, yeah. there's three kids lined up. And I mean, they're little black kids. One little girl, you know, puts her hand up. He high-fives it. Then the other kid puts her hand up. He high-fives it. Then he gets to the third girl, and she doesn't put her hand up, but he's in rhythm. So he reached and hits the face. But you go, I mean, it's, is it kind of funny if you watch it in slow motion? Yeah, it kind of looked like he slapped it. But if you're paying attention, you see the context of everyone put their hand up. And he was waiting on her to put hers up, right. but she never did. Now, folks, so she got hit in the head. If you want to see the video that Phil's talking about, he did put it on his Twitter page. Please make sure to follow him on Twitter and me too at uh, I am Phil Hunt. And then a the Avery Mason. Follow the fan page for the podcast on Instagram, folks. Yes. At, but I don't know, though. Pod that is B U T I D K T H O pod. I think you're changing your 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 policy for you're spelling it out for people, man. You're, you're finally changing your policy on uh. Well, that's my name, and I don't. I'm not spelling. I am. If you, <laughs> if you can't do that, then it's just like how you were trying to explain Sesame Street earlier. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with Sesame Street. Before we move on, yeah. that one is I didn't even know Rosita existed, and maybe there's something the children know. About, Diversity, right? yeah, but. 
Because, you know, we grew up Bert, Ernie, Big Bird, yeah, Cookie Monster. That, to me, this is how this felt. Oscar the Grouch. It felt like if you went to a Bulls game, and instead of being mad that Michael Jordan didn't shake your hand, you was like, man, Luke Longley ain't shake my kid's hand. That it's like, motherfucker, did you see Bert? Did you see Ernie? Yeah. Did Big Bird give you a hug? I, I have a sneaking suspicion that the kids weren't as bothered about it as the mother was. The mother was probably projecting yeah. a little bit. How come she didn't shake? Oh, it's racist. I'm like, first of all, Rosita is a minority. If you want to look at it in that perspective, if you want to go under the suit, then we go to the argument that you made where these characters, these people can't see. Now vision is hot. They just trying to, hey, hey, pat me. Yeah, I'm thinking more about workers' rights that it's like, this is a tough job probably for low pay but, but who the, in the heat. Who the lawyer that took that case and now trying to sue I've Sesame Place for Tamika racism? I've Mallory out there that it's like, girl. Oh. And she's like the new Al Sharpton. And it's mm. like, something happened to black people, I'm there. And it's like, listen, man, I'm all against racism, obviously, as a black person or discrimination, but it's like, Really? At a fucking water park? And what was funny was, if you've seen the clip on the news, Tamika Mallory, because it happened in Pennsylvania, yeah. but they're here on in New York City, in Manhattan, in front of the Sesame Place store, you know, yelling and they're angry. And what's funny is, they're yelling and angry and they're like sad and someone's crying because Tamika Mallory's always crying for some reason. And there's people behind them. These kids are happy as hell because they're at Sesame Place. Yeah. So you can see it within the shot of like black people in front of them angry and crying. Behind them, children smiling, having the time of their life. That it's like, we're still here yeah. buying stuff and just happy to see the... So the to me, yeah. you have to be self-aware enough to realize when it's you. No, I agree. I, I, I think people are reaching and the word racism has become weaponized and Mm-hmm. You just call things racist that, that aren't... You know, and here's the major thing that might be funny, you know. Oh, they don't like black people. It might be a black person under the costume. You That's, don't know yeah, we don't know who's under it. Yeah, black person. Ain't racism like it's a black person. Uh, I said they're acting like, do we really have time to be mad at puppets? Well, it's, it's also out. media spin too because it reminds me of that kid like a year or two ago uh, there was an Indian guy singing he was wearing a Trump hat and they were trying to say that he was like mocking this Indian guy uh, and making fun of him. But the truth was there was something else, some other altercation. And an Indian guy came over to kind of like kill, yeah. the, kill the beef and try to distract and everything. It had nothing to do with that. And the news spun it in a way that made it seem like this is what was happening. He actually sued all the networks and won millions of effing dollars, man. CNN, NBC, they all paid and settled because... But yeah, we're weaponizing everything now. Yeah, everything. Y'all got to relax, man. Get and relax. Get the hell out of Sesame Place and get the hell off the beach. And it's like, look, man, I only get two or three days off a week. So it's like, look, man, how am I going to spend them? I'm going to protest the Chappelle show. Then when I get done with that, I got to go to the climate change protest. Then when I get done with that, I got to go protest Sesame Place. Like, you know what, bro? I'm going to just focus on what's important. There's too many voices. That's the problem. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to change now. And it's like... What what do you really? But like, it's interesting because it just goes in cycles, and it's just yeah. young college kids who have time. Time. Because yeah. do you know anybody that protests? Not in my generation, no. Like when I no. when I used to work for Lowe's in Indiana, there was um, a Planned Parenthood near us, and I would load up my delivery truck, refrigerators, ovens, whatever. Hot Saturday morning, you know, ten a.m., and you turn the corner, and it's just people outside of Planned Parenthood being like. 
No, you know, fetuses are people. Oh my God, you're killing babies. It's murder. And you go, it's Saturday morning. It's 10 a.m. They got the time. What the fuck are we doing with our time? They got the time. If I didn't have to work, I'd be asleep. Or at least having coffee. People will be outside fighting with people who disagree with them. And I've seen some of those abortion rallies get violent. And I'm like, you, you know, you don't, you don't have to be here with a counter-protest. The idea of a counter-protest is the funniest thing to me. Oh, you protest? We come out of the counter-protest. And like, what's that going to do? Like, yeah, then y'all cancel each other out. You both need something to do, I'd say. Yeah, just spend the time. Uh, like, you know, fight the issue some other way. But standing there ain't really doing that. Yelling across the street at people who don't care about what you got to say doesn't change anything to me. So what's funny to me is like, and I mean, this is what's crazy about the abortion protests is, you know, they're standing there. Some poor girl is like wrapped in a blanket because she don't want people to know who she is. Right. And this is probably the worst day of her life. Yeah. And you're standing there being like, fuck, screw you. Murder, murder. Like, murder. like this is crazy. Like, some people don't, you know, like drugs. That don't mean you go stand out in front of the crack house. And protest. Fucking crackhead. <laughs> Them deals will shoot you quick. <laughs> hey, I'm running the business. Get out of here. So it's like, you know, it's a lot of shit we don't agree with. But it's like that. You know, some people don't like strippers. You don't go stand in front of the strip club. At all. Because that ain't going to do nothing. And it's just, Shaking I, ass is wrong. That it's like, uh, you kind of seem like you want to come in. We'll wave the cover. I mean, you're here every Saturday. Yeah, come on, son, have a drink. <laughs> you here every Saturday, man. If you won't come in and look at some butt, just just say that, then. Come inside, have a drink, relax. So, yeah, it's but, just but the, I, Again, that's, that's, this is a problem with everybody getting a voice. You know, back in the time of the 60s civil rights movement, you only had three or four leaders. You had Martin, Malcolm X, maybe even uh, Medgar Evers. But there was it was narrowed to people who were one, educated, two, knew what they were talking about, and three, focused on issues. At hand, they didn't. Well, that's sit- the thing to me is protest something that matters. That's like Dave Chappelle don't make laws. Not at all. It y'all is- on the highway on the BQE, y'all don't make laws. No, I, I'm just driving. I'm trying to get to my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and like I've been saying, it's, it's hot. So I want to advise everybody: like playing protests in the winter or the spring or the fall when somebody can stand out somewhere. And- if you hold up the traffic, it ain't 99 degrees and my AC blowing and I'm out of antifreeze. Like, mm-hmm. just so, yeah, it just is interesting to me, like, how much I would have to hate something to protest in the summer. So we at Sesame Place and Tamika Mallory's here and you, you characters gotta start treating the black children With right. respect. And it's just like, uh, I don't know, man. You know, everybody else here smiling and having a good fucking time and you're angry. Like, cut it out. Realize when it's you. I agree. I just, ugh. Uh, I'm just, I'm over this people protesting and then I'm looking at stuff that protests. You know, makes sense. But also, speaking of protesting, not a big protest, but people are saying the Biden administration doesn't care about Brittany Griner. I don't know if you saw my post on Twitter. There was a lot of uh, hashtag free BG. Yeah. And I got really excited because I thought people were like, all right, the, the, one of their favorite characters on TV show, Power. And when I looked at, I'm seriously, I didn't know what free, <laughs> I didn't know what free BG was. And I looked out, oh, cool. Like, they want to see more of me. I, I went on a hashtag and it was all about Brittany Griner and how she's being 
forgotten. And if it was a black, or if it was a white guy, they would have had her home already. And I'm like, it ain't got nothing to do with none of that, y'all. Mm-hmm. So you was a little jealous there that y'all I was the same initials. So for those of you listening who maybe haven't watched the TV show Power, which what are you doing if you haven't watched Power? It's a great show. It's one of my favorite shows if you're into sex, money, and violence. And all show. in there, all anyway, in the Anyway, um, who is it? This is America, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, BG was his character, a.k.a. Black Grimm. A.K.A., well, I guess the longer name is Black Grimace. Black Grimace, yeah. So yeah, he's a little jealous that... Brittany Griner now is BG. She's taking on those initials and people are screaming, which free both of y'all, you know. I guess free Brittany Griner and bring you back from the dead. And I was I was so disappointed and I was I felt hurt because I was like, it's not about me. <laughs> you were like <laughs> I, I never put up twenty and fifteen in a game and six blocks, you know, that where it mattered. Um, what's, yeah, she was what's, a fucking killer at Baylor, dog. Yeah, like, she was. Murder. Could not stop her. She was like the female Shaq. People said Lisa Leslie was, but Brittany Griner put up I mean, more they dunks. All, they all were. Like, they're, they're both great. You don't have to make Brittany greater than her. I, they, I think Brittany... They both were great. They both were, but I think if we're talking, like, so you can't say Shaq is better than Wilt? Lisa's more versatile. Lisa's a better all-around player. Brittany Griner on the court is an imposing person. She's more of a Tyson Chandler type. You don't think she's she's like a shooter? She's not a... I watched some WNBA hoops. Lisa Leslie could move around. Mm. Griner, in the paint, playing big. That's her thing. Lisa could play big, but she... You know, had a little. She was bit a finesse. Of she was finesse. All right. And I mean, she played big at times, but I'm just saying, Griner's thing is, I'm bigger than you. I'm dunking on you. I'm laying it up over you, because let's be real. Uh, <laughs> I'm blocking your shot. And she doesn't leave the paint much. But whatever. That's unimportant. That's interesting. Free Brittany Griner. Yeah, well, come she on. She deserve to be in the damn Russian prison over some yeah, weed. Yeah, over some weed, yeah. Although I was telling a friend recently, I said, yo, I said, we got to. Um, when she finally gets back, we got to sit down and have a nice long talk about how people who smoke weed <laughs> like to act like they're not addicts. All right, all right. That it's like, if uh, you got to go to Russia yeah. and bring your weed with you, guess what? All right, I don't agree because I find that weed is recreational. All right, I am a consumer of it. I'm not addicted to it. I have not smoked at all today, and I don't feel the shakes or nothing. It's, it's like... I put weed in the same category that I put alcohol or beer. You, for me, mostly I only do it when I'm around other people who are also consuming. When I'm by myself, it, it not so much. Well, all I'm saying is you become an addict. I'm not saying everyone who uses weed is an addict. But here's what I'm trying to convey to you. First of all, you have Wake and Bake, right? Which, guys, I'm a I've drinker heard of that. and I'll defend drinkers to this death. If you've heard my stand-up, then you know that. So, <laughs> here's what I'm saying. Y'all do Wake and Bake. If I wake up and do a shot, you're going to go, hmm, you might have a problem. Right? Yep. So then here's the other thing that, you know, back to um, last summer with Shikari Richardson that everyone went, it's just a little weed. And you go... At some point, when you know you got the U.S. Olympic Committee on your ass mm. and you got to take a drug test, you might have to admit that you're an addict, right? So everybody's <laughs> like, nah, nah, hell no, nah, you tripping. So now you get to Brittany Griner and it's like, you're going into one of the most strict foreign countries and you got weed on you? 
you may have a problem. Yeah, I think that uh, people need to also acknowledge, um, you know, don't make excuses. What My whole thing with Shakara, you brought up, I was talking about with somebody and I was like, if you want to smoke weed, just say that. Don't be like, well, I had all this stress mm-hmm. and this mental anxiety and weed. Re- she was like, oh. Weed helped me cope. And I'm like. She's like, oh, my grandma just died. And it's like, I mean, cool, but Michael Jordan's dad died and he went and played the damn finals. He did. You know, my grandma died. My brother died. I went to work that morning. Don't, don't like, make excuses. Just own it. Hey, I like to smoke weed. I like I to get late, high. but I yeah. did Brittany Griner's excuse was she forgot that the weed was in there. Now, let me tell you something. If you smoke weed, you know exactly where your weed is and how much of it you have. You don't forget. Like, she knew she had. I, I'm willing to bet that she may have even forgotten. But my point is, and like I said, for you got anything other substance, we have to be accountable. Yeah. You drunk and you drive. You may have a problem. You can't sit there and be like, I forgot I had like an eighth of, of vodka. Kids, I, I forgot I had an eighth of vodka. This is crazy. You in front of your kids drunk, you may have a problem. You went to work, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But for you motherfuckers, oh, I was just a little high. And we don't ever get to say, hey, man. You know, and I've known people who've lost jobs, lost apartments, lost mm-hmm. cars, lost their children. And no one will go, you got a problem. <laughs> So, like I said, it when you get detained in a foreign country, and when you yeah. know Russia, there was the girl group Pussy Riot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All they did was spoke about the Russian government, and they got locked the fuck up. Sure did. So, I'm saying, they didn't even have anything tangible. They said some work. You know you in one of the most strict places. Yeah, they don't play that. So, all I'm saying is, free the girl, but when she get back over here, yeah. everybody... Need to sit down and have a conversation. Hey, some of you motherfuckers who smoke are addicts. You're waking up in the morning smoking. Your dealer can't be reached. You're crying. You're emotional. I've seen it. Crying over not having. Well, I my man, know, sold, it, my man used to sell weed while, while I lived with him. So or we in lived fairness, together. In fairness, I I'm not. I'm I do consume. I do smoke a little, but I'm not. I'm that not guy, like, I know you. I see you. So I'm not saying I'm not, that. I'm, 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 so I'm, I'm, being no, 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 no. I'm not being defensive. It. What I'm what I'm trying to say is I don't know what it's like to smoke that much. I don't know how yeah. much you smoke. I don't smoke like that. I'm casual with it and I'm good. Like people dropping hundreds of dollars. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of money yeah, to be dropping on some weed. That's like, what I'm saying that it's like how far people, like I said, lost jobs, lost cars, lost, you know, whatever, kids. And and the whole time I'm around, no one will ever suggest, hey, bro. Maybe you have a problem. Because if it was crack, if it was heroin, if it was alcohol, somebody go, hey, man, you got a fucking problem? <laughs> and it's becoming more and more legal. So the stigmas, and there barely was a stigma when it was illegal. And that's what I'm saying, that how do y'all keep dodging judgment? And I'm not saying for you to be defensive. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about you. Yeah, I understand. I'm talking about my roommate used to sell it, and motherfuckers be at the patio door at 7 a.m. And I had to say to him, yo, man just knocked on the door, patio door at 7 a.m. while we sleep. Are you still selling weed? <laughs> because that's crack behavior. Yeah, maybe sometimes he get off of work late and say, oh, let me hit up my no, weed, man. Listen, no, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. I could get off of work. We used to work night shift and get off at 7 a.m. The liquor store didn't open till 10. 
You had mm-hmm. to wait three hours. I didn't go knock on the back door and go, come on, man. Like, you know what I mean? And if I did, somebody may say, hey, hey, you have a problem. And that's all I'm saying. Any other drug, people are very quick to suggest, hey. Well, it's because they say that, scientists say that the weed's not an addictive thing. It's not like an opioid. It's not addictive. It's it's not. It's not addictive. You can smoke a lot. Well, but those drugs are different because your body goes through withdrawal. Like heroin, your body physically, they have to tie a heroin addict down to a bed. Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying is, again, any other drug, I know motherfuckers who go, oh, I don't eat without smoking. Hey, man, mm. you may have a problem. And, and listen to the whole checklist. First thing I do in the morning when I wake up is smoke. Okay. Hey, man, I don't eat a meal without smoking. The last thing I do at night is smoke. Hey, bro, that's three times in a day. If I was doing cocaine three times in the day, what would you say? Mm-hmm. You would say you got a fucking problem. And then, like I said, y'all done came up with cute little names. Oh, it's waking bake, bro. Uh, okay, well, give me that razor blade. I'm gonna chop up this cocaine real quick. Damn, bro. I just think it's fancy marketing. Wake and coke. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's marketing. come up with a cute little term for it and then see if, if if people just accept it or do people look at you and go, hey, bro, you may need help. So that's all I'm saying. Mm. Like I said, I understand the stigma or whatever disappeared for years, you know, years ago. And now with it becoming more and more legal, it's becoming even more accepted that it's like, at what point do we get to say you might be an addict? Well, I, I see your point. I don't agree. But, hey, if you what do you think about this uh, Phil's idea that weed makes smoke weed makes you an addict? Please let us know at but I don't know, though, pod. Uh, but I don't know the pod on Instagram is B-U-T-I-D-K-T-H-O-P-O-D. Um. We're wrapping up here. We got another 10 minutes in the first segment. But I just have a question for you. What I like to do is I like to look at Phil's Twitter timeline and pick at things he's tweeted. Uh-oh. Today, you know, so I need answers. And today's hot tweet that Phil put up that I, not that I have a problem with, I just need explanation. Because uh, I do watch what Phil tweets. You know, I just, I don't say no, I just wait. And when I see him, I'm like, all right, Phil, what's up with this tweet you had from two days ago? We got to have a talk about grown men strapping pouches across their chest because that's something I do and I don't have a problem with it, Phil. <laughs> Sometimes you need to get your money accessible, your wallet, your keys. Keep it where you can see it because if you're going to steal something from me, you ain't going to take it from my chest. I'll punch you in the face. You might sneak in my pocket and take it. You ain't going to take it from my chest. Why is that a problem with grown men having the, the champion uh, uh, fanny packs? But why strap it around your chest? Because it, Hold on. I, let me finish my statement. Yeah, I'm sorry, Phil. You once right. again being defensive. Go ahead. I'll be, I'll be defensive, Phil, but you go ahead. You probably got your weed in there, you little drug addict. <laughs> it's <laughs> your, the safest place for it you, to be. Your little drug addict. I won't lose it. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, I just was noticing this trend of guys wearing this fanny pack, but not, like I said, in the past, I've seen pouches or fanny packs mm-hmm. worn on the waist. Mm-hmm. So now I'm noticing a bunch of dudes strapping them across themselves, and I'm thinking, yeah. ah, when did this begin? Why are you Indiana Jones okay. all of a sudden with a satchel? I'll explain to you. Okay, but let me let me let me finish my rant. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now I got well, what what bothered me was I saw a guy all alone in a Range Rover, but he's got the fucking 
Supreme fanny pack wrapped around his shoulders. Mm -hmm. But he also has to put his seatbelt on. So I saw him like struggling. And I'm thinking, well, you already got one thing around your fucking shoulders, you idiot, and across your chest. You know, that you're like, you're driving. Who's even looking like, oh, the guy's so fashionable. Look at his Supreme. Like, who's seen this? It's a he was trying to park, and I'm like, it's affecting your parking. He had to unstrap it. Yes. So at some point, I'm like, you look like a girl that has to like unstrap her bra mm -hmm. to do something physical. I, I get it. Uh, I, don't, I don't got no explanation for that, but I will say the reason why a lot of people wear it on their chest, Phil, is because obesity is a real problem in this country. Is that right? And they're not making fanny packs extra, extra large. You, oh, you, get, you okay. get the basic fanny pack size, and if you got a bare gut, it's not going around that waist. <laughs> it's not. Oh, nobody's going to see that it says Supreme because your right. stomach hangs over? Yeah, you'll only see belly and belly button. You won't see the design. So you got to put it where people can see it. Now, I don't agree with uh, people paying them Supreme uh, fanny packs be costing like upwards of $130 to $200. So, I'm not paying that much for it. But I will I will put the fanny pack around my I chest. I just want to say, upon further review, I did not realize that they did not fit and they weren't making them in your size, no. big boys. So I want to apologize for being fatphobic. Thank you. And Thank I, you, sir. I heard some of y'all even keeping y'all pronouns in them. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and apologize. <laughs> gonna have a bunch of you gonna have a bunch of people breathing hard, sad outside. Oh, Phil Hunt is a fat phobic. Come on, uh, you come outside. The, you unzip the fanny pack and it got pro they them. Oh God! <laughs> inside the fanny pack. I'm like, what are y'all? When did this start? And you know what's interesting to me? And I mean, this is me. And I've been accused of being unfashionable or not in fashion because oh. I just kind of do my own thing. Like I can remember getting made fun of during the baggy jean era because my jeans were too tight. And then now in this era of skinny jeans, they'll be like, your pants is too big. Yeah, you got that. <laughs> look, look at this dude. He got the he got the jeans on from '98. It's like. How am I getting made fun of in both eras? I know. Three years from now, they'll bring back the long t-shirts. Remember yeah. the, the big four Tall teeth. You could never find tall teeth. You know, there were a lot of tall people who couldn't find clothes in that size because you short <laughs> bastards out here wearing five and six X and people going in the store and can't find stuff to fit just to, just to make it, just to walk down the block in a shirt. But yeah, it's funny when fashion changes to me because it's almost like everyone got an email. So yeah. now I'm refreshing my browser like, when did men start being able to wear the, the, the fanny pack strapped across the shoulders? And it also makes me laugh because a lot of dudes, you know, they look like little wannabe thugs that have them. So you like, bro, you got to run from the cops and they just grab that strap and you fall down. Mm -hmm. I'm going to die laughing. That is, it's the same thing with the, with the sagging pants. I don't understand it. And I don't know if it's because I'm from a different generation, but I'm thinking if, if, if you were a criminal and you're trying to get away from cops, you would want to keep your pants up high yeah. to be able to move. Around you don't want your pants to fall and you jump over a fence and you get stuck on the belt loop and you're sitting there dangling and the cop's like, uh, do we get the jaws of life? Or how do we... How do we, how <laughs> the do we most, the most magical part of it to me is when I see the dudes with the skinny jeans and they're sagging. Ooh. But they've also got a belt on that it's like, oh, if you didn't say, no one would notice you had a Louis Vuitton belt. Well, how about I'll, I'll top you. Have you seen the one same way that you're talking about, pants sagging, belt, but the belt's not buckled? 
and they just have the belt, like the buckle and the belt, and they're just facing each other, but they're not buckled. Have you seen that? <laughs> that don't, what's the point? What's the point of the belt? Yeah. 99% of y'all got fake stuff on anyway, so who you trying to, who you trying to fool? I know I, it's just, to me, the, the whole fanny pack around the shoulder thing, it reminds me of like, and here's what I like about myself. I can look at old pictures because mm. I don't follow trends. So it's like, oh, okay, pair of jeans, polo, whatever. Then you look back at some dudes that are like platinum fubu from head to toe. And they've got a fucking headband on yeah, with yeah, two yeah, around yeah, their yeah, wrist. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. You have wristband and headband. And you're in the club. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're not even working good. out. You, you know, I understand why Slick Watts, the basketball player, wore a headband. I understand why Kenyon Martin wore one when he was on the Nets. Mm-hmm. LeBron. What you doing in the club? You're not you sweating. But you're in the club. But, but you know, in fairness, so you probably put in work. You know, talking to women is hard work. You know, I'll you tell y'all the picture that's hilarious. I put in work talking to these women, man. And, and I'll post this along with this episode of the podcast. But T.I., there's this great picture of T.I. in the Jersey era. And he's got on this Michael Vick jersey. And <laughs> Oh no! Oh, Are those shoulder pads? Shoulder pads, but look at the gloves, oh, the no. headband. Oh, that is like boy. he looks like he should be on a field somewhere. Yeah, but he got on skinny but he's jeans. In the club he got on skinny jeans and a Rolex, and no one's looking at him like sideways. They're all just like, "You gotta post this picture. This is yeah, hilarious. I'll post it with the pod, but it's awesome because it's just like, oh, and you said nobody looking at him. Everybody looking at him. Look, they're like. What the fuck is he got on? <laughs> like, yo, I thought that was the quarterback. Who the hell Wait, is that? Why he only got on one glove? He should have on both gloves. Oh, Remember oh, Diddy in the uh, Let's Get It video? He's got I on do. a jersey with yeah, gloves. Yeah, yeah, with gloves, yeah. So but it's okay. like, no, Charles Woodson wears the gloves because he's trying to catch the ball. What's Diddy trying to catch? You're at the mall, Negro. What, what are you trying to catch? A good sale, oh, motherfucker? Wow. Like, <laughs> is that how they... But yeah, you said that. What, nobody looking at him? They are looking at his ass. Like, Negro, what are you wearing? Well, if he wasn't... You know what? He's got on the football pads underneath the jersey. I think that if that's why they're looking at like, why are you wearing football pads? You take one hit, you not... You know, that's not what the rubber band man wears. Well, Andre 3000 once wore, I think in a video for Rosa Parks, he's wearing shoulder pads, right? But then he's also wearing like crazy pants. He doesn't look like a football player. He just T.I. looks like if you said hut, hut, hike, he'd take off and run around. (laughs) So you're like, why? Yeah, he run a four. And I'm sure from afar, niggas was like, oh, I thought that was Deshaun Jackson. But I was wondering why he was wearing a Mike Vick jersey. You know what's funny is that there's no football players who wear football jerseys off the field. You know, I've I've seen regular people wearing them. I never see football players in the club wearing their own jersey. Well, as I was saying, back to the fanny pack thing that it's like, sometimes I think you got to buck the trend because it's like, I want to be able to look at my old pictures and not think, what the fuck was I wearing? Because like I said, do you have anything that you used to wear that you look back at and go, why in the fuck was I wearing that that way? Uh, yeah, I, I do remember these. Um, when I was in, in college, I was big into the ski goggles. <laughs> oh, you did bring those up on one episode. Yeah, I had, I had, I used to wear swimming goggles and not be swimming, and I have on a whole outfit, <laughs> North Face jacket, Tim's, and ski goggles or like swimming goggles. And people be like, Where, "Are you going on a ski trip?" Nah, I'm just, I'm fly. I had the big, you know, the big 
mask yeah. that goes over your face and your nose. I used to wear a scuba mask without the tube. And wow. I look back at some of those pictures like, what? I'm, I'm dressed for a flood and a fucking avalanche. <laughs> Well, the next episode or the next segment, we'll talk about worst trends. You oh. remember in the movie Boys in the Hood, the dude has a pacifier in his mouth. Yeah, oh boy, but he's not a baby. That was one of the worst ones. <laughs> black people. I wasn't white people. I was black people doing that nonsense, man. Y'all pissed me I, off. I wasn't with that. of age then, meaning I was the child. But I would look at growing and go, "Why? Look, man, I might be seven. Why does this 20-something-year-old man have, have a, a pacifier. pacifier? And maybe that was a West Coast thing. Were they doing that? No, anymore? they were doing that here. They were doing that here, And too. the shower caps outside. Hey, we'll be right back. Segment two coming up, but I don't know. Welcome back. But I don't know, though. Your, your co-host, Avery Mason, here with Phil Hunt, and we were just talking about trends. Phil was asking, and this is another question we're going to put out here on a, in the social media. Hit us up, but I don't know, though, pod on Instagram. What was one of the worst trends that you ever got behind? And one of the worst ones I've ever seen that happened here in New York was people sucking on the pacifiers. Like, I'm going to let you rock with the big oversized T-shirts. I'm going to let you rock with, um, with, with wearing the pants with the one leg up. Um, wearing Tim's in the summertime, which people still do. But shower that, caps. Shower caps. Women walking outside with bonnets. But what y'all not going to do is you are not going to bring back this trend of sucking on pacifiers past the age of uh, five. <laughs> Even five is kind of long. But there were grown people sucking on pacifiers in class. And I remember looking at this shit like, what are they doing? Like, what's, what's going on right now? I guess grown men with, like, barrettes in their hair. That was a thing in the 90s. Not here. Nah, no grown men. I'm just here. saying, like, MC8, when you seen, like, and it was like, all kind of funny because it would be the hardest dude mm-hmm. with like a little girl's barrettes in his hair. You gotta be hard to rock barrettes. You couldn't be no punk wearing barrettes. Yeah. Jesus uh, Christ. I'm thinking about uh, you know, 90s movies but Boys in the Hood. Dudes wearing curlers in their hair. <laughs> oh, a lot man. of this is West Coast stuff that it's I guess West Coast. it's like I just had to be on the West Coast maybe. But East Coast, y'all had y'all things. We did. People ski wearing goggles. Uh, ski goggles was mine. But one thing I don't understand was people wearing uh, full camouflage shoots like straight out of G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. They, and they're all anti-war. They ain't never served one day in the man's military. But they got on the camouflage and they dressed like G.I. Bro or whoever. And yeah. <laughs> I always feel like that. Where that, are you going? I know man. it's a war in the streets no man is safe from. Like but I don't think. Like commander <laughs> should put you on assignment when they see you wearing all that. He's just fresh off base. Remember the Versace shirts? I do remember Versace. People still wear those. That was one of the weirdest trends because it was in the late 90s. And you know rap was very homophobic back then. Uh-huh. And it's like, you know that guy's gay, right? Uh-huh. And you just used Got the, his name right in the chest. Yeah, you just used the F-A-G word. Oh, God. <laughs> Yo, people, Eight times in your rap while wearing yeah, Versace. Yeah. People still wear those Versace shirts. I saw a bunch of them when they had, Javante um, Davis had to fight at the Barclays and just walking and watching all these black people walking out with all these shiny Versace suits. Like, what the hell is going on? Why do they dress like backup dancers for like, I don't know, who's the guy from the lead singer from uh, Queen, Freddie Mercury? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. all dress like disco balls. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, man. People did a lot of stuff. That's back wild. Then. It's just like, what is that about? I don't know, but uh, can I send a quick shout out? Um, last night, Phil and I got to hang out at uh, Brooklyn Comedy Club. It was a good hang. Um, shout out to Napoleon Emil, who uh, who was performing with uh, Damon Wayans. We was talking about that, so shout out to him. It was a good hang. He's a good dude. Please go check out his comedy. He's another one of the people that you know was in our community. 
And we trying to we trying to build them up, and you know we we trying to see each other at the top. So we want to shout them out. Some good comedy there. If you want to check that out, and also check out um, this guy. The name of the show. <laughs> just, <laughs> one of the side effects of smoking weed is uh, temporary memory loss. Uh, you don't want to admit he may have a problem. No, nah, I don't got a problem. I, I don't need all them brain cells. I only do jokes and act. I don't need all that. Um, the Black Ass Comedy Show. Uh, Derek Gaines and David Temple. But always, you know, you show up, they'll put you up if you ask. So I want to send a shout out to them. You know, it's, it's not they an ad. know you don't, don't oh, put right. that message out there Hold and on. have a bunch of people bum rush them and be like, hey, he has said. Well, I, like, I don't know no, you, bro. They, they put you up because they know you. Mm. So, <laughs> context. Derek also got uh, a chance to perform in a Netflix comedy festival. He has a little special tape. So go check that out on YouTube. Shout out to him uh, for that. As well as Nico, our good friend Nico White, also performing. With Pete Davidson, uh, the best friends. Um, that was dope too. So shout out to all of them guys. Go check out, you know, different the work, comedy world. We, we did, you got any shows coming up? You want to tell the people about? The only show I got coming up is uh, I'm going away. Last week I was away in Florida. This week coming up, I'm going to um, the Poconos, I think, in Pennsylvania with the family. So no, this is my summer vacation. I got no shows. Yeah, none. My, I'm, my I'm, next two shows are before you put this podcast out. So we're not going to hear them. them. <laughs> it makes sense. Well, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll be we, back. We, it's we summertime. We're up our dates, you know, on the yeah. day. So, yeah, come you know, check us follow out. Follow both of us yeah. at, you know. But I don't know, though, pod. Follow me on Instagram as well as the podcast page, uh, Avery Mason Official. And on Twitter, it's the Avery Mason. And, uh, you know, at I am Phil Hunt on all social media. So, yeah, check out. You know, some tour dates and show dates that yeah. we have coming up. Yeah, I wish I had something, but like I said, I'm I do like, too. Oh, no, they're both before Tuesdays. So yeah, worry about yeah, it. yeah, nah, we, we're, we're leaving. <laughs> we're leaving. Monday. We'll be back. Well, we we have we have a right to go away and have some fun. And um, yeah, I got a wedding to go to, so facts. I'll be gone next week, so we'll probably skip another episode. But yeah, we got plenty right. in the archive. Go back and watch back it. And listen and watch. Yeah, go watch the videos on YouTube. We got the videos on YouTube. We're gonna be in the studio again real soon. Go watch that. Go get pissed off. Come up with some ammunition and hit Phil with some DMs that we can talk about on the show. I'm I'm here for the customer service complaints. I would love to see Phil take customer service complaints because he addresses everybody. Everybody gets heard by Phil Hunt. Me, not so much, but Phil will address each and every one of you and your and your complaints. Yes, no problem breaking it down and explaining why he feels the way he feels. Absolutely, do. I understand the way I feel. If nothing else. Absolutely, as he addressed someone uh, talking about Monique's uh, situation. So shout out to Monique. Finally. Uh, uh, cash the check. Her and Netflix settled a dispute, and so now um, she got uh, undisclosed amount of settlement. She's going to get her Netflix special and some other development deals, and get to be in the movie with the same guy that she was talking trash about, Lee Daniels. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm trying to avoid saying how I feel about it because I'm just I understand. Like, and uh, Netflix but, gave her Monique everything. I, everything. I feel like they might have gave her a, a night with Professor Oglesby too. Mm-hmm. That's an old school joke for those of you who watch the Parker the shows. It's the Parker. Old school Monique <laughs> fans. But yeah, you. I just I feel like they rewarded her for bad behavior. I think so. And you also feel a little bit of like, well, what was this whole thing about? Because Money. unless you disclose the amount, they're not gonna. Did yeah. they give you more? I think I well or did you wind up taking the same deal? The the smart money says because originally they were only going to give her half a million. 
So whatever they gave her had to be more than that. And you think it was? I think it was more, more than, than five hundred. Okay, right. I do. But her original premise was, I want what Chappelle and Rock got. Mm-hmm. And you go, you know, she goes, oh, well, you know, black women are underpaid, which I do believe it's is true. true. But at the same time, you go, I think you deserve more money, but not what Rock and Chappelle got. And it's not because they're men. It's because their body of work, the body, of, just my opinion, the body of work is better than hers. But it was a losing game because they never revealed what they pay anybody else. They did that to establish dominance within the market and Facts. let people know we're the premier place for stand-up comedy. Yeah, like HBO was back in the 90s. So when you yeah. announce 25 mil to these guys, that sends a message to all the comedians, all the managers, agents, and all the platforms, streaming hey, platforms, get your check. to say we're the highest paid place for stand-up. Right. Checks, but they so. didn't announce what they paid Cat Williams, what they paid D Ray. Yeah. That's more her pay range. I agree with that. And I, where so at. if I had to guess, she probably got somewhere between maybe six fifty and maybe eight. Well, I mean, I would. I mean, I want to speculate, but, but what I'm saying is, then that is back where we started. That's how I always felt about the whole thing of like, why do you want the most money? Mm-hmm. You should just probably say you want more money because you are correct. Black women are underpaid often. So you deserve more money, just not the most money. And when you're communicating that idea of being paid to talk for 45 minutes for 500000 to a bunch of people who make $17 an hour, then that's a losing battle Mm -hmm. because no one canceled their Netflix anyway. Right. Oh, baby, please cancel your Netflix. And it's like, uh, no. Because <laughs> to most people, 500000 to talk for 45 minutes is a great fucking deal. Absolutely is. Absolutely is. Uh, entertainers get paid a lot more than teachers do. I mean, teachers, it should be like that for teachers and stuff because they got to deal with a lot more nonsense. And nurses, you know, nurses teachers, doctors. workers that we couldn't live without deserve. Negotiate contracts and have them talk about, well, I wanted to work at Mamani's, but they don't want to meet me at my signing bonus. So I'm going to take my talents to uh, downtown Brooklyn Medical. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. that's, you know, but it's not. So, so yes, yeah, always. And I don't like my athletes do that. You know, yeah. when you... Like, uh, one of my favorite Pacers is Lance Stevenson. Uh, those of you who follow me know that. You know, came back to our team this year. We were losing on a 10-day contract. Score, was it, I think, 30 off the bench mm-hmm. for us? Anyway, he left Indy after, you know, we drafted him. Larry Bird drafted him. Got him up to, you know, the point that he was a starter. He was offered, I think, $9 million by the Pacers a year. Mm-hmm. It was like, that ain't enough. And went to Charlotte for $9.5 million. And you go, what is, I don't, I, I, I don't have to deal with these high amount of numbers of money. What is $0.5 million? Mm. Wound up, you know, in a bad situation on a losing team and getting cut. So you go, was it worth 0.5 minutes? That it's like, you know, sometimes, like I said, when you start presenting stuff to, when you say to people who make $17, $18 an hour, I need 0.5 million more. I got to feed my family. 
It's what? like you just wind up looking green. Yeah, he seemed like a bad parent. If you talk about I can't feed my family on one million dollars, there's people feeding their family on like mm-hmm. twenty grand a year. How you can't feed your family on a million dollars is beyond me. Yeah, that was Freewell. Latrell's <laughs> Freewell, who choked his coach that used to he play for that. the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Who choked his coach when he played for Gold State. Look hey, up Latrell's Freewell. That brother shifted the culture too with them spinning rims. I ain't even going to hold you. Them, some Spreewells yeah, was everywhere. Nice. But he went too far when he had the rims on the shoe. The oh, that, that didn't buy those. What I did not, I did not buy those. He was trying something. He sold those. Those were his sneakers. No, but I, it just was one of those trends that we talking about. It's like, Negro, are those rims on your shoe? And you climbing on the bus? Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you just look dumb. You think we'll ever see him in the Hall of Fame? Probably not, right? He should be. He's good numbers and, you know, got to the finest few all-stars. I mean, he choked his coach. He did. That, some people might argue that he should have been choked. I don't know what he said to that man. He was waiting so for I him in the parking lot. Like, hey, it ain't over yet. I'm waiting for him in the parking lot. Yeah. Well, if it was, if it happened now, we had video of it. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, in the digital era, there'd be some leak. Well, but he got a year of suspension for that, didn't he? What I wanted to say, or what we were talking about, was back to the point that he, when he played for Minnesota, famously told them when he was making like what was it, you know, he was making like ten million, yeah, and then told them, "I need eleven. I gotta feed my family," and then they just cut him. And was like, that's the end of your career. And it's like, yeah. Nobody, and he, he said that during a recession. Yeah. So it really rung to people of like. Nobody picked him up either. He, nobody picked him up. You know, so. And I mean, he had been a character issue guy for a while after you choked your coach. Mm-hmm. And then when you say that, people go, hey, bro, people losing their house. The housing market then crashed. And you over here talking about, you know, <laughs> twelve million. I need well, thirteen. They offered it. There were teams that were interested in offering him like a mid level, which is like five million. But he was like not interested in that. He's trying to get paid, paid, and then they were like, "All right, see you later." Yeah. How do you? So that's back to Monique that I'm saying. Yeah. Anytime you run that by, like if I went home and said to my mom, "You know, these motherfuckers only offered me five hundred thousand to talk for forty five minutes." Yeah, you my mama say, "Well, boy, get your ass out there and talk." Yeah, and, and here's the thing: I just didn't like the way she went about it. I felt like she deserved more, but it's like you don't say that in public. You give that to your manager, agent, lawyers, mm-hmm. and you let, let them, them handle that yeah. behind the scenes. But it's a negotiation tactic now. But People use it to negotiate. Turn on your yeah. camera and go okay. delete your Netflix app because they only offering me five hundred thousand to speak for forty five minutes. Because most people gonna go, oh, I only made forty thousand last year. I'll take that deal. I work. Right. For, I'll take that deal. So Spreewell was offered a three-year, twenty-one million dollar contract extension, claiming to feel insulted by the offer. He said, "End quote." I have a family to feed, so he was offered seven million a year at the time, twenty-one over the span of three years, and said, "I have a family to feed." And mind you, folks, he'd been in the NBA for 10, 12 years, so it's like you've already made millions. And I, I don't knock any athlete. Get all the money you can get. Facts. Just let your lawyer and your different people negotiate it behind the scenes. Yeah, you don't, don't, you don't need to be on TV talking you about your money. No on one's going to feel sorry for you. Live from your mansion talking about, hey, y'all, mm-hmm. I got to feed my family. 
Nigga, is that a waterfall behind you? <laughs> yeah, I just had that installed. It's got koi fish in there. <laughs> yeah. So it's all relative, <laughs> you know. Everybody is supposed to get your money, but just see, go in the HR office and do the negotiation. Facts. Look at it. See, we're we're here. It's advice time. We're giving advice to you NBA players, all you actors and actresses. We are giving you free advice, and that's what we like to do on the show. It's the premise of the show. Now, before we get into some of y'all questions, just want to put this disclaimer out there that we do uh, every every week is tell y'all we are not experts by no means. Phil, let me ask you this question, brother. Did you go to school for counseling or any therapy or anything in that in that realm? Have you? No, not you know, at all. You know, you're not licensed to get people. No. You can give directions. You, you, know, you give directions. You can talk about comedy, but... We nah, not helping. Okay. Yeah, you probably don't want to listen to anything I got to say outside of that. That's just I'm probably just telling you it's how risky. I feel. It's that risky. Don't mean get out here and do it. People. It's risky, is what we're saying. And I'm not. I, I I play a thug on TV. I play pretend a lot. I tell jokes. And, you know, I if you take anything we say and seriously, you got the, a real problem. This is for entertainment purposes only. We're like Miss Cleo. <laughs> call me now. Call me now. <laughs> I should have called her before she died. It just would have been fun. The kids that tell me you keep it real. That's all we're doing. That we keeping it real. My parents wouldn't have liked the phone bill, but <sighs> they would charge buku dollars for that shit for the experience. Two ninety nine a minute, nigga. Woo! You'll be on the phone for two hours, man. Your back, your back health is negative. I predict your phone bill is going to be very high. <laughs> you go, yo. You're probably right. You ever call them party lines? Remember nah, those party lines? I did that once. Because I thought it would be girls on there. And it was a bunch of guys. Hello, can you hear me? Yo. Who <laughs> can you hear me? They just need you to stay on the line for two yeah. minutes. Who's this? Who's this? $50 charge on your bill. Did your mom get mad? She did. She did. She didn't know who it was. And we all got beaten because of it. Because I never fessed up. <laughs> ah, you got a whole family. I never said it was me. We all got beaten. She was horny looking at late night commercials. But basically, what I'm saying is, we're not experts, so you know we're trying to help you best Take we can. With Take a with a grain, grain of, salt. of salt. Yeah. So our first question. This is a good one. I like questions like this because we could really help somebody here, Phil. First question is: Did I deserve a write up at work for informing my coworker that chocolate milk does not come from brown cows? Okay. That's a real question. Now, hey, and by the way, if you got questions, please send them to us. Are we sure this is a real question? It's a real question. Go ahead, continue. You got your questions, send them to us at but I don't know though pod on Instagram. We'll answer them on the air like this one. Did I deserve a write-up at work for informing my coworker that chocolate milk does not come from brown cows? So about two weeks ago, me and another coworker was talking about the topic of chocolate milk. And well, She's one of the 10% of Americans that actually believe chocolate milk comes from brown cows. <laughs> I admit that I guffawed a bit to which she took offense to, but I ended up apologizing, but telling her that I thought she was a bit silly and told her that chocolate milk is actually just regular milk with chocolate syrup. <laughs> to, to which she got defensive and said that she didn't believe me. So I asked her if I could show her proof that she was wrong and she dared me to do so. So I bought regular milk and chocolate syrup from a nearby store during my lunch, mixed it up, and gave it to her to drink. She ended up drinking it and just left in a huff and apparently just told our shift manager that she was leaving for the day because she felt attacked (laughs) by me. She said she felt attacked by me and demands she needed a mental health day. (laughs) To which the shift manager didn't approve of, but she left anyway, so whatever. But apparently this whole thing got everyone else's attention because my coworker made such a big scene about it. 
that it apparently attracted enough attention that my store manager had to personally call me to his office yesterday and tell me about what happened that day. Uh, I didn't know at the time, but I really offended that poor coworker of mine so much that she told my store manager about how she couldn't work with me anymore and that she even reported me to HR for discriminating against her beliefs. <laughs> and that I apparently caused enough mental damage that she couldn't go back to work due to how much I humiliated her over chocolate milk. I thought it gotta be a religious belief. Nah. I didn't know that just insulting your beliefs. Some people don't believe OJ did it. Yeah. Is that a belief? Well, you heard it. She thought it gotta be religious. So your religion can't be tied to chocolate milk. My store manager even wrote me up and warned me that next time I acted in such an offensive manner like that, I would be fired. I mean, I'm already quitting and starting a new job anyways, but I worry about whether or not I'm actually the asshole for this and if I should be more careful for my next job. Yeah. Uh, definitely get another job. You don't yeah, need to quit. work with people that are this stupid. That's first off. So now my question to you is... Mm. Where the fuck these two people working? Because I'm concerned. I never want to shop there. People this stupid <laughs> working amongst the public. Yeah. I never want to shop there. You know, they got to be like 17. This is like a summer job or something. Um, Maybe I hope they work at Sesame Place. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it ain't nowhere that nothing's too serious. You know, black people aren't born. They actually pour chocolate syrup on white babies when they're pregnant, and that's how black people become black. That's what this sounds like. Because, uh, yeah, this girl sounds seriously like she's on the spectrum. Well, I also think she's probably trying to game the system a little bit, too. My mental anguish. I need a mental health day because... Yeah, she's doing a lot of very, what they call them, zennials. Yeah, he told me that chocolate milk didn't come from brown cows, and now my mental health is, is anguish, and she's probably going to go home and smoke the weed that Brittany Griner left behind. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah. See, you said that I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just, that's, that's on you. My my point is my point is uh, don't need to argue with idiots. Jay Z has a great line in one of his songs. You don't argue with idiots because people from a distance can't tell who is who. And that in this case, if somebody would have told me at work they believe chocolate milk came from brown cows, I would have let them go on with their life believing that. For real, you don't say, man. Uh yeah, and I was just going about and laughed about it behind their backs. It's yeah, strange. it feels like a joke. Like I said, I'm almost like no one's that dumb. Am I being pranked? Yeah, this is guy. That's be... why I said the age of these people would help. Now, if he's 16, this is his first summer job. I understand. I got my first summer job at Bass and Robbins, so there was some dumb people there too that may, may have believed. Chocolate milk came from brown cows. I also think it's weird that the manager had to write him up for that because she made such a big stink about it. And it's like, it's not like we're talking about religion, politics. Well, that's milk. what I'm saying. That I'm like, well, I I knew you could, you know, discriminate against someone's religious beliefs, but I didn't. But know you dairy could, could just just any belief. If you're just like, oh, I believe, I don't know. Give me something superstition. You remember our grandma back in the day when we would. Uh, Talk on the phone while the lightning on. Mm -hmm. You get shocked that it's like, who do you know that this happened to? My mom always told me, don't kill spiders. For some reason, you're supposed to scoop them in the magazine and put them outside. Yeah, that kind of stuff. That's why. Well, it's bad. Don't luck. split the pole. That is right. like if someone goes, you know we can split the pole, nothing bad is going to happen. Don't walk under ladders. It's like, yeah. What? Like a black cat cross your path. What is a black cat? Wild Maybe cat he's hungry. black. Tell a Dr. Umar. Anyway. Hilarious. Yeah, so it just to me, I'm like, what? This whole thing is like, are y'all 12? Uh -huh. <laughs> it just seems very third grade. I'm concerned about where they work at. But on to the next one. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, this is oh, this is a good one. And I'm going to ask this just because I, I want to see what you're going to say. 
But yeah, stop interacting with dumb people. That's I, I, I agree. You, I agree. You, you asked at the end, should you leave? Hell yeah. You quit. Get a new job. These two people seem happy to know each other. Yeah. One of them is upset that you told them the truth and the other one's writing you up about it. Sound like they just don't like you. Maybe they're lactose intolerant. That's the problem. <laughs> is that what it Maybe that's the problem. He's lactose intolerant. And he needs, milk. Exactly. He needs to have an HR session and he needs to play a video. And We need to be tolerant to lactose. Anyway, question number two. Are today's young adults slower intellectually than the generation before them? That's the perfect thing to ask after that. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I'm concerned. That's why I said. I'm like, where do they work? I don't know. Uh... I own and run a small company where I have a history of difficulty getting products. My food company requires some fresh product and some in I can store. I hire young people to communicate the system to our clients. They are not the sharpest tax in the box because they are not comfortable telling clients we are currently having to wait for products. Even though they know we know we will receive the product in the near future. Some of these new customer relations employees think I want them to lie to the clients. I do not. I want them to develop the verbal skills to talk to the clients. They are supposed to build confidence through knowing what we always receive the product. How else would I stay in business for 30 years? It seems the new young people don't understand schmoozing clients and I don't know how to explain it to them. I don't know if they are intelligent enough to understand what it means to build confidence and to trust the system. We use fresh ingredients for some things and can store other products. It upsets the employees not knowing a date as to when products will be delivered. Am I hiring employees below their skill level or does this inability to talk to clients run through the younger generation? I hire inexperienced young people because they are not worth much when they have no work experience <laughs> or verbal sophistication. That's honesty. Um, I teach my new employees from scratch how to talk to clients, how to explain the benefits of using fresh ingredients and that keeping things fresh means we will not have everything all the time. They look at this as lying, which it is not. Through my many years in business, I think this concept should be common sense. Should I should be, I say. If certain ingredients must be fresh, that means we cannot stock up on them. The only thing I can deduce is that today's young adults are slower intellectually than the generation before them. <laughs> I hate to think that, but I can't think of what else would cause this inability to connect the dots. These concepts are not difficult to understand, so you can see my concern for the future. My response to that is, I see it both sides. I hear what you're saying, sir. But in the defense of this generation, they're doing things that you don't understand. Like they'll tell you, maybe you should put your business on TikTok. And the first thing you say to them, well, what's TikTok? And how does that help me? I don't understand. It's not people. And, and you wouldn't understand how algorithms work. What's algorithm? It's like trends. So in that sense, you wouldn't get that. But also I understand what he's saying of, this is a generation of people that are used to getting things when they want them, right when they want them, like Amazon. Used to order things online, and you'd have to wait two weeks for them to come. If you pray for express shipping, you'd have to wait for it for what th two, three days. Now with Amazon, you can get it the very next day. You don't know anything about waiting for products. So I see it on both sides. I don't think the generation is slower. Actually, I think this generation coming after is smarter because they're working with like technology that you and I could have never understood in the 80s. We are well, smarter in other areas. They're, they're slower in other yeah, areas. That's true. But I would have never thought I could talk into a phone and tell it to call someone and it calls them. Or even recording, doing what we're doing right now, not in a radio studio, we're doing it on a, on a phone. Like, yeah. That generation can't get that. But to say that they're slower because they don't... They, well, they're better in other areas. Every yeah. generation has its pros and cons. Yeah. Some, some people are better with this, but, but worse with that. 
Like I used to work in deliveries and um, we got this young guy straight. He just got his CDL, mm-hmm. just went through training. He was like 20. Long story short, at the time in the truck, we had a MacBook. We handed him the MacBook and like he started laughing and was like, what the fuck is this? Are you serious? And we told him at some point, we like, well, you know, your GPS may die. And at the time, this was in, you know, 2009. Mm-hmm. So at the time, remember the GPS on your phone would kill your phone very quick. Yeah, yeah. Sure enough, we riding around. He's got his GPS on. Phone died. And I just stared at him. Was like, <laughs> Now what? Now what? I do remember AAA used to send out those trip texts when I was a kid. That my mother would... We go on road trips, they would order them and you'd get it and they'd map out the whole trip with things to stop and see. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to use your brain and navigate and be like, all right, Ma, you got to you turn gotta on. at least know east, west, north, yeah, south. Yeah, Simple yeah, shit. Yeah. The average older person, you can walk out here on the street in New York and Manhattan and go, which way is east? That way. Walk up on someone who's 20 and go, which way is east? Mm-hmm. Oh, let me check my phone. Let me see your GPS. So, it, yeah, it, the, you know, they, the tools are making people less smarter, less informed, yeah. less informed. I, mean, I used to be able um, to remember numbers by exactly. heart. What's your mother's number? What's your aunt's number? And boom, boom, boom. Now it's like, let me check my phone. Like, you don't. Yeah, and then until you don't have your phone, and then what? Well, let me check my phone. You don't have your phone. It's so, back to these people, what I wanted to say for them is that for him, this is his fault. He just admitted he's hiring younger, cheaper people. Because they're cheaper, yeah. So find one or two people. With experience. With experience mm-hmm. in sales who know how to communicate that information without losing anybody. If you want quality work, you have to pay for it. Absolutely. So find maybe a mid-tier. You don't have to blow the budget. Right. But find a nice mid-tier Hey, I'm gonna pay you four dollars more than I pay them per hour. Yeah, get them up to I speed. I want you to communicate well to these distributors and to the customers or whoever's yeah. receiving what's going on here without losing the I, account. I, I would even go as far as just comparing it to a basketball team. Like the the Oklahoma City Thunder have one of the best young cores, and I think they're going to dominate next season. Right but, now, uh, maybe next season. They, okay, but yeah, last yeah. last season. They were terrible, and in my opinion, and this is this is just I'm not you know I'm not going too deep in the battle. I'm just saying they didn't have no veterans. Mm-hmm. They need somebody to give them that edge. They need like a Charles Oakley or like uh, Ron Artest. Just give them you know give them a little extra that they could use because they were young. They were they were they dunking. They were throwing up shots. It was great, but they had no defense. They ain't had no heart. So that's what your franchise is turning into, sir. You ain't you ain't got nothing but rookies in there. You ain't got no vets to say, hey, look, you're doing like this because X, well, Y, Z. Well, I would take it to the pay tier. Then again, you know, you have your, in the NBA, you have your max contracts. And right. Super max guys. Yep. These are franchise players. Mm-hmm. Then you have your mid-tier, mid-level exception players. Right. And then you have, you are here on a vets minimum, mm-hmm. sir. You may not make it the whole year. Yeah, it might cut you. And then you have your rookie contracts that... You know, this is for two years, and it's a minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, you got a bunch of rookie deals, and you need to find some mid-tiers and some vet-level exceptions. Fill out the roster properly. Fill out the roster properly, and you need different people with different skills. Yeah, he's just trying to say – I believe this guy's trying to save money by hiring inexperienced. Well, he trying said to, that. It's yeah. not even a belief. Yeah, he's but just, one of the best things I was ever taught was my, I think, 11th grade teacher, Mr. Murphy, taught me this. He said – you can only get two of the three when it comes to service. Mm-hmm. 
So the three things are something can be cheap and it can be fast or it can be quality and you only get two of the three. Mm -hmm. So if you go to McDonald's and you get a $2 cheeseburger, it's cheap. Right. They make it in under five minutes. It's fast. Right. It's not going to be quality. No. So you got to understand same thing when it comes to your workers that, yeah. you know, if cheap. you go somewhere and it's the work is cheap and they can start tomorrow, they're not going to be quality. You know, yep. if they're available all the time, right. somebody with nothing to do, they're not going to uh, be the most experienced yeah. person. But uh, somebody who may tell you, hey, I need X amount of dollars and I can only work these days from these hours might cost you a little more. So invest into your company. I will also say, I'm also going to add that this generation needs to learn patience and, and quality work because even he was like, he was telling them, we don't stock up on fresh greens or fresh. They come in fresh. You buy them fresh. We don't stock them because that doesn't make them fresh. Right. This generation has become used to getting things what they want them. I remember a time having to research a paper. I had to go to the library, get six or seven encyclopedias, yep. take notes. Now it's a simple matter of asking Google or Wikipedia and finding it. And people are, even my son, like, we're watching live TV. And he's like, I remember he's six. He says to me, Dad, can we skip? Bored, please. I don't want to see this part. And I'm like, son, <laughs> it, it's, you can't skip. It's live TV. Yeah. He's like, but this is boring. And then the commercial is like, why can't we skip this? I'm like, it's a commercial. You got to watch it. And he just went back on YouTube. Right. So that generation is used to getting it. Yeah, right now. Uber Everything's eats. right now. Dog, you hungry? I want to watch a movie. I download it on my phone. Watch it right watch now. It right now. Oh, I'm going to wait on you to come on. I want to order a meal. Uber Eats, boom. They're here in 10 minutes. Dog, I remember waiting, trying to download um, Eminem's album. The first one, the Slim Shady LP yeah. over LimeWire. Two days. I patiently waited because I didn't want to pay the money to go get it in the store. So I waited. I downloaded it for two days over DSL. It took two days to download that full album. And they snuck in a Britney Spears track, which, which mm -hmm. was wouldn't want to risk. But... This generation needs to learn patience. Like, yeah, they're too used to everything to just, that they it, want it, right it, now, right now. Yeah, texting. I, I my wait. God, what did you do when you call someone that didn't answer? You have to leave a message on their answer machine or wait until they or got wait. home. So yeah, this guy, you know, he's answering his own questions. Pretty though. much, he said pretty everyone, much. He's paying is cheap. They're young. Pay someone with experience. Yeah, you can get it together. A little older to communicate. Yeah. And let them handle the, you know, the grunt work. Let me see something here. What the temperature gauge? Oh, we at 88 degrees in here right now. All right. That's cool. That's cool. We're wrapping it up. Well, yeah. We got one more. You want to do one more? I mean, I mean do we? I don't know. What were your, your plans here? No, my plans, I was going to ask you to wrap two. it up. Yeah, wrap it up. We can get out. All right, we're wrapping on up, folks. Hey, well, we, we try to help, and I hope we helped y'all with y'all questions. You know what I'm saying? But please make sure to hit us up, send your questions hey, in. Give us some feedback on the pod. Comment, let us know. Am I saying long story short and then being too long? -winded? Nah, we want you to is, say that. Is Avery overcorrecting me? Who did you say today? Oh, you called Rosita. Who did you call her? I called Maria. I said, I said Maria. Yeah. Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Maria. Yeah. I'm, Mario, Maria. I'll be you, wrong you, and strong. Is it Maria or Maria? It's nah, 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 nah. That's a callback. Nope. Listen to Maria. the episode. Listen to the episode. Three episodes ago, when he was telling me, you know, it's, it's Mario, not Mario. You don't make fun of how I pronounce things. I'm from Brooklyn. That's yeah, how we talk. Wrong. That's your specialty. Now you're over here trying to tell me that Florida water is the way water's supposed to taste. And I it said ain't, 
ain't on. supposed to taste like that. Y'all thing. know New Florida water. Thick. They got the swamp and stuff down there, but y'all you got the, plenty of pollution. You the out fifth here. person. To why say you that? think they was on the highway? Cause <laughs> y'all damn water ain't clean. That's why. You should have given them some water to drink. They would have gone right home, man. All That's this just... trash and rats, and you think your water clean? Hey, hey, it tastes better than you that. You ain't used to drinking dirty water. That's the issue. That's that's not true. That's not true. It's not to do with the South because Georgia water, I ain't complaining about. I even went to yo, I went to the basketball hall of fame and the water was fine there too. That was some great water out there. Why Florida the only place at the bottom of the map where water smelled like Ninja Turtles? Like the Ninja Turtles. Might have just been the one place you was at in Orlando. All of Orlando. It might have been your pipes. No, bro. I I went to um. All right, so. Real quick, I, I tell you the water in the whole city, man. Now I'm gonna tell you this quick story. I went when I was in Florida. We went and had drinks at this place called the Sky Bar, which is across from the Amway Center, okay. where the uh, Orlando Magic play. Very nice place, five star hotel, world class accommodations. I mean, the drinks were high end. It was it was a fantastic experience until I drank the water, and I'm like, y'all could have given us bottled water. You give me tap water, and it tastes. Just like the bottom of a sneaker. It's like I licked the bottom of a yeah, sneaker. Yeah, you just said your own solution. I tasted New York City. Bottom, bottom water, man. I taste New York City smell in the water. And it, 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 it was just it was disgusting. It was disgusting. So I'm never drinking water in Florida again. As a matter of fact, I may bring my own bottled water. I thought they said don't drink the water in Mexico. But now you are. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not doing Mexico don't either. Don't drink the water in Florida. It's just as bad. <laughs> I didn't say that, y'all. He said, no. "Come for me. I don't care." At at Avery Mason official okay. on Instagram, the Avery Mason I, on Twitter. I definitely think if Florida water probably tastes better than New York water. That would be my really. Guess. Would you? That would be my guess. Would you like to do a taste test on the next episode of? But I don't know. <laughs> I can fly in some Florida water. You I can get it here. Fly in some. I'll Florida fly it water. in. I'll import it. <laughs> crazy. We'll do a taste man. test. I'll do a blind taste test. You tell me which water tastes better. Wow, boy. Now, I'm going to do it. Nah, no, that's a... Do come, do on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You... We should do that. That's a... Y'all think that's a great idea? I think Phil should do a taste test. He did a barbecue sauce taste test. Let's do a water taste yeah, test. Yeah, that was much more fun than a water <laughs> taste <laughs> test. Anyway, folks. <laughs> y'all hit us up. Let us know what y'all think about all the things that we discussed mm, here today. You yes. Know, um, Rate, review the podcast, please. Give us some feedback. We can see y'all listening. We can see how many listeners. So Yeah, but the ratings and the reviews help our algorithm on yeah, iTunes, on Spotify, other, all that. Let people know about the podcast. Those of you who Even if done you it. hate it, let people know that these two motherfuckers get on my nerves. Absolutely. We'll take that. I don't mind being on somebody's nerves. You know what I'm saying? At least you're listening. That's, that's what I'm Definitely follow the Instagram page at B-U-T-I-D-K-T-H-O-P-O-D. All right, we see y'all. Uh, we might not just summer we're break. Skip a week. Summer break. I got a wedding to go to. So and, y'all. And, and I'm gonna be in the Poconos with my family. So Who summer knows, break. Maybe I catch the bouquet and come back as somebody else. My last name may be different. You, you, you know, before we go, <laughs> I'll tell you the one good thing about Florida is the barber down there gave me my hairline back, bro. He told me his. Hey, this is gonna blow your mind. He was like, "You don't have to go bald. You can use the 0.5, which is I didn't know what that meant." And he showed me, and I was like, "Oh my god." Okay. I got it back. It's a nice, like, faded out, so you can't even see where the hairline stop and start. You just know there's something up there. Or maybe the Florida water recovered your hairline. That's a lie. I want to see. Maybe the New York water recedes you. You got scientific studies that show that? <laughs> that hey, y'all, we see y'all week after next, man. Nah. But I don't know, though, man. Peace. I got my hairline back. I got my hairline back. I mean, you got some hair up there. Definitely.
You have been listening to But I Don't Know Though, hosted by Avery Mason and Phil Hunt. Please follow the show at But I Don't Know Though Pod on Instagram, spelled B U T I D K T H O P O D. You can also follow Avery Mason at Avery Mason Official on Instagram and TikTok and The Avery Mason on Twitter. Make sure to follow Phil Hunt at I am Phil Hunt on all social media. We record live at WTF Media Studios in the heart of New York City on Canal Street. And if you like the show, please do us a favor. Like the episode, share it with your friends, leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. New episodes every Tuesday. But I don't know.